Our second reading is from the book of Acts of the Apostles in the 19th chapter, beginning at the first verse. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year, New Year, New Day, right? New opportunities. 2020 is over. Thanks be to God. 2021 has to be better, right? These are uh, the times that we make our New Year's resolutions. And although they may look a little different this year, although it, it, this may be the first year ever that people resolve to go out to eat more, there's always this promise at the start of the new year, a sense of clean slate, of a fresh start. So I had a new start this year. I got a new hat for Christmas. Now this may not seem like a big deal to you, but like a lot of guys, I'm pretty serious about my hats. And I have always believed that a, a certain type of hat looked best on me, the hats that fit very tightly against my head and lay down flat. That's the kind of hat since high school, since college, I've always preferred and bought. But uh, if you look at this hat, this is my new hat, this hat stands up. This is the kind that sort of stands up in the front. It's a different kind that Anna bought for me. And when I got it, I thought, well, I'll take that back. But then I put it on, and I looked sort of more closely at it and at myself, and I realized, you know, 20 years ago, those hats that laid down might have looked good, but maybe now it's time for a change. Because I have a big beard now, and I wear glasses now, and I have gray hair and more lines, and I, my, I'm different than I was 20 years ago, and maybe I need to change my ideas about what kind of hat I should wear. So I'm going to keep this hat. It's just coincidental that it's a Saints hat, and the Saints are playing in the playoffs this afternoon. It's just total coincidence. It's a big change. To have a new hat. We've got to be ready for change. Change is a part of our lives. 
Today's story talks about that it's a part of our Christian lives. I think it's helpful to understand who these people are that Paul encounters, these 12-ish disciples, it says. We read in the Gospels, well, it says that they're, they were baptized by John. Calls them disciples. So they were disciples of John. So we read in the Gospels that these are the kind of folks who went out in the wilderness, got baptized by John down in the Jordan River, emerged from the waters with forgiveness and a sense and a charge that they would live a new life, that their life would be changed, would be different, that they had a fresh start, right? Now, some scholars have posited that, that, these, that these disciples became rivals to the disciples of Jesus. But in the Gospels and in Acts, they're not depicted in that way. They're more depicted as just folks who are believing in Jesus, but needing a little extra instruction to, to get to where they need to be. Here, Paul calls them believers at the get-go. Says that they are believers. Luke calls them disciples, which in Acts is used as a technical term for followers of the way. The way of Jesus Christ. Together, it means between disciples and believers that they believe that Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah. And that because he has come into the world... Everyone needs to change their lives and follow the way that Jesus taught and lived. Now, it would be anachronistic to use the word, but I think to bring it up into our times to understand who these people are, we would say that they are Christians. In fact, they've been Christians for about 20 years. We work out the math within the, within the Gospels and within Acts. John was baptizing at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He was put in jail shortly thereafter. So that was about three years that have passed, we know for sure, since these folks were baptized. And then another three or four years before Saul was transformed into Paul and began his ministry. And then 14 years had passed, at least, before Paul arrived in Ephesus, where our story takes place today. So we know that a good 15 to 20 years, these folks, these men, these disciples have been following the way of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine after 20 years, someone comes to you and asks you to change your belief in fundamentally how you understand Christianity? I mean, lots of us resolve to read our Bibles more, to call our mothers more. But when we think of change, can we resolve for God to change our core beliefs, our hearts and minds on fundamental things that we believe about God's work in Jesus Christ? Yet that Paul detects that it is exactly what these men need. Something is missing. Even after 20 years, 
They still have something to learn about God's work in Jesus Christ. Even after 20 years, Paul offers them the opportunity to change the way they understand what God is doing in the world. Now, Paul doesn't denigrate their faith. He doesn't tear it down. He calls them believers. And yet he's unwilling to leave them in the place that they are. To invite, he invites them into a new understanding of the way of Jesus. And Paul knows and Paul teaches that changing their belief, changing their hearts and their minds is only possible by the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Our willpower, our open-mindedness, our loving hearts, these are good, but they are not good enough to affect the kind of change that God wants to bring into our lives. Yes, it takes these things. It takes our faith to be open to allowing God to work in our lives. But only the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ himself, can work in our hearts and our minds to change, affect real change. And we need change. We always need change. We have been baptized into the life of Jesus Christ. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, as Joe reminded us, this amazing gift that works, works in our lives to give us new life daily. All the time, God wants to renew in us, to bring us along in perfection, as John Wesley would say, to increase grace in us so that we may be shaped in our lives more like Jesus Christ. All of us, no matter how long we have been following Jesus Christ, need change. And yet so many of us live like we've never even heard there is a Holy Spirit. We think that the Holy Spirit is some kind of Jiminy Cricket that just sort of gives us good ideas, like the little good angel on our shoulder that's trying to convince us to do nice things. And we go about life neglecting the Holy Spirit, the gift of Jesus Christ at work in our lives for salvation. See, our salvation didn't end on the day we were baptized. Our salvation didn't end on the day we got saved, the day that we believed. No, that is the day that our salvation begun. That's the day that Jesus Christ began to work in us by the Holy Spirit, to change us, to be more like Jesus. That is the day, our baptism day. Look at Jesus. That is the day his ministry began. The Holy Spirit is power, power in us, power to put that advice into practice, power to strengthen the will, power to overcome our sinful nature, 
power to deepen and widen our hearts to share in the heart of Jesus Christ. Look around. You don't have to look far. Five people died on Wednesday to resist change. In a world where rural Americans are tricked into supporting the violent power plays of the rich elite, we need change. In a world where black men and women are treated unfairly by our justice system, we need change. In a world where women are paid less and then required to suffer the indignities of a misogynistic workplace, we need change. But the real change, real change that has to happen will not come through hashtags or protests or Congress or legislation. The real change, the lasting change that we need will only come by the Holy Spirit changing our hearts, making us more like Jesus Christ working in each one of us so that we would actually love our neighbors as we do ourselves, actually value each person as the same way that we do ourselves, no matter their gender, their skin color, their sexual orientation, or their political viewpoint, that we would see them as brothers and sisters in Christ, baptized and given the name of the Holy Spirit as we have been given. If we were able to live like that, to live into the gift of the Holy Spirit that we have been given, to speak of such love, to tell Jesus Christ, who offers renewal and refreshment, ongoing change in hearts and minds, living a new life every day, that would be prophetic. That would be a miracle. Holy Spirit can make it possible. The Holy Spirit given to us in our gift in baptism. So I challenge you. If you don't believe that, pray. Study the scriptures. Ask God to strengthen the gift of the Spirit in you so that you can change. We all need change. God willing, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.